As many as 143 million people may have had their personal information compromised. The massive data breach at one of the largest credit reporting bureaus in the country. Well, the big Equifax hack has the company struggling to calm consumers' fears. Half of us have our information breached. 143 million people, that's 44% of all Americans. It's the worst leak of personal information in United States history. Crazy. Our social security numbers, our dates of birth, our addresses, other personal identifiable information, maybe even your credit card numbers. And all of this could now be in the possession of somebody. Now, what the hacker or hackers intend to do with our information is anyone's guess. But you and I both know it's not going to be good. What if this data is going to get released to many criminals? I'm America's Digital Pro, Kim Commando. And in this special Commando On Demand podcast, we're going to talk about the Equifax hack and why you need to be concerned about this and how to protect yourself. This is important information that you definitely want to listen through to the very end. And also, share this podcast with your family members and friends. And do me one more favor. When you're over on iTunes or Google Play, make sure that you give this podcast a great five-star rating. And write something nice, too, because this way more people will find the podcast and then they won't be taken by the hackers. Kim Commando is brought to you in part by HelloFresh. Delicious meals at home in under 30 minutes. Start today at HelloFresh.com slash Kim. When I first heard that one of America's largest credit reporting agencies had been hacked, I can't say that I was overly surprised. Because when you think about it, credit agencies collect and maintain the biggest databases of personal information in the entire country. But when I heard just how many people had been affected, 143 million, I have to tell you, even all the years of sitting here in technology, I was pretty surprised that that number was that high. An institution that big should have had so many levels of security in place. When you think about it, there's no way that anyone could just transfer that much information or steal that much information we're talking about terabytes worth, without really being detected. But the more we learn about the Equifax hack, boy, I'll tell you, the worse that it got. Not only were those layers of security just not in place, but the hackers actually gained entry through a security flaw that could have been easily fixed through a software update. That's right, a software update. Just like we have our Windows updates and our Apple updates, that's all they needed to do, just apply the patch. But even after the company became aware of the breach, it took them months to alert us, the public. Plus, was a possible crime committed when a few of Equifax executives sold their stock before they actually told the public about this breach? We're going to investigate how this could have happened and what needs to be done to prevent it from happening again. But first, we need to talk a little bit about how dangerous this breach really is. To do that, I want to introduce you to someone whose life was turned upside down when her personal information was stolen. That theft didn't occur digitally. Jasmine Lovell's wallet was stolen in San Francisco. She didn't worry about it all too much. She replaced her ID. She got new credit cards. Then she received something in the mail. It wasn't fun. It was a summons to appear in court. So if you commit a crime, you know, you, you get a summons. It happens. And if you have a regular um, crime committer, then you're kind of used to that. I was not used to that. I got this summons to appear in court and immediately I went into kind of triage crisis mode. The woman who stole her wallet was a homeless drug addict who fed her habit through habitual shoplifting. That woman was arrested for stealing from a Bay Area Whole Foods. 
But because she was in possession of Jessamine's ID, she was charged, not under her own name, but Jessamine's name. So through no fault of her own, Jessamine was now a wanted criminal. Whenever I would call the clerk's office, um, even lawyers I called to be defense attorneys didn't believe me. And it, it started to feel like I was in this sort of like nightmare, this awful, twisted, like I did something I didn't know I did. It took a long time for Jasmine to track down the woman who had stolen her identity. She even had to go hire her own private investigator. She appeared in court and convinced the judge she was who she said she was, but it wasn't that easy. There was about six weeks she was using my ID for things. So there was about nine months I was cleaning up after that. And um, it, I, it definitely is not overstating it when I say it was a living hell for a good six to nine months. That nightmare was caused by a single woman with a single piece of fraudulent ID. Now, just imagine for a moment the havoc that could be caused by 143 million fake IDs and credit cards in the hands of criminals. So many consumers are now at risk, at risk of identity theft, at risk of serious financial fraud and harm. And the first thing that needs to happen is Equifax needs to make this right. They need to pay for their mistakes in leaving so many of us so vulnerable. That's Massachusetts Attorney General Maura Healy speaking on CNBC earlier this week. She sued Equifax and is seeking compensation for the victims. But she also wants to find out how this happened. Equifax is out there collecting all this data. Most Americans don't even know that Equifax is collecting the data that that they are collecting. Then they're selling that data to other companies and entities. It is their job and responsibility to safeguard that data. They didn't. The Massachusetts Attorney General isn't the only one suing by any means. At last count, there was as many as 50 different class action lawsuits filed around the country. One of them was filed by the law firm Garagos and Garagos, located in Portland, Oregon. They're asking for, are you ready, $70 billion in damages. It's the largest class action lawsuit in U.S. history. So in our class action, we estimated the damages to be $70 billion, you know, with a B. While some people said, hey, that number just sounds incredibly high. When you really break it down, if you have 143 victims, you're talking about, you know, five to six hundred dollars per person. And that's how you get that number, which is why I've said that number is fairly conservative. That's Ben Mizalis, one of the lawyers working on the case. The problem is, as the Equifax stock drops and plummets, you know, its market cap is 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 well under 20 billion at this point, well under 17 billion at this point. You know, and the question is, are they going to have enough assets to even pay the damages, and unfortunately, it's looking increasingly like they may not. But Ben, aren't these damages just hypothetical at this point? Has anyone actually truly been harmed by the Equifax breach? We have heard from people who say, you know, I, I noticed about a month ago a bank account was opened, you know, in the Midwest, and I live in California. Why? Why did that happen? And I think, you know, increasingly we're gonna we're gonna be able to link a lot of these nefarious you know, duplicate accounts in various areas to the tax. So I'm not a math major. I'm just a computer geek. But if you're asking for $70 billion and the company is worth far less than that, wouldn't you say that Equifax is just doomed? And you may you may have hit the, the, the nail on the head there. Is, you know, Equifax is so recklessly post-breach. It's almost as if they think it may be easier just to torpedo their company because I can't imagine who's advising them to do the various things they're doing. 
What Ben is referring to is Equifax's astonishing reaction to the breach. After taking months to alert consumers to the hack, they then created a website for people to find out if their information had been revealed. The company then offered free ID theft protection for those affected for one year. When you signed up for the protection, Equifax buried a provision deep, deep, deep in the fine print that waived your right to sue the company. And when the one-year free protection ended, you would be automatically charged for more protection. Jeez. The company quickly changed that provision after they were so criticized big time in the media. And coming up, we're going to talk about how something this damaging could have really happened. Brought to you in part by our friends at Dreamstime, the world's largest stock photo and video community. The right image anywhere, anytime. Download the most relevant and current images and videos today for only 20 cents each or for free. Visit dreamstime.com. That's D-R-E-A-M-S-T-I-M-E dot com today. As I mentioned earlier, a simple software update probably caused this massive breach. It really shows just how clueless Equifax was about how serious this hack was. But how did it happen in the first place? How could a company this big and this rich allow something so stupid like this to occur? It is one of the biggest uh, private data repositories in the world. And uh, what's the scary part about this is that uh, most people don't choose to be inside the database. There is no way to opt out. There is no way to get yourself off the list. That's Alex Holden. He runs the IT firm Hold Security in Milwaukee. So we know that the Equifax breach occurred because of a security vulnerability in their web server. And that vulnerability had been identified. And a patch was issued months before Equifax was hacked. As a matter of fact, after Equifax was notified that there was a problem on the server, they had the patch within a week. All the company had to do was download and install the patch But they didn't do it. But they made even bigger mistakes than that. We had uh, clients who were afflicted with the same vulnerability and they were also exploited. But uh, their other secondary systems were able to pick up exploitation. And while some of them did lose some data, most of them detected uh, the breach going on within hours and some of them within minutes. Most companies have intrusion detection systems in place on their servers. This way, even if the system's hacked, the company's alerted. Didn't they have something like this, an alarm system? Exactly. Imagine uh, on the physical security, for example. Yes, you left your house door unlocked, but you have a video camera. In the worst case scenario, if somebody approaches your house and opens that door, you still have a video recording of somebody doing that. So not only did Equifax not install the security update on their server, they also didn't have a standard intrusion detection system. I have to tell you, here at the Kim Commando Show Studios, we complain about our vice president of IT a lot. But there's one thing that Chris does. He's totally got us locked down. When you start talking about databases, you have things called a key field. I remember programming databases back when I was earning my college degree at Arizona State University. The key field is a unique identifier. Most often in these type of databases, our key field is our social security number because each person has a unique number. So think about it this way. You may share the same name with somebody else, but you both have different social security numbers. When you start looking at databases, typically you have one flat file database with all these other databases that are tied to it. 
But how did the hackers compile all of that information? That's my question. We, we don't know, but uh, in my experience, again, it's unlikely for a company to clobber so much data into a single database. It's more likely that multiple systems uh, within um, Equifax uh, infrastructure got compromised by hackers. They definitely had ample time to do it. After Alex read about the Equifax hack, he and his entire team decided to do some research on their own. This is pretty crazy. They began to access Equifax websites all around the world. Using a simple Google search, they made their way into the Equifax Argentina website. A few clicks later, they made it to an administration page, a place that required a login and a password for Equifax employees. Normally from the administration page, you've got the keys to the kingdom. Almost as a joke, they entered admin as the username and admin again as the password. Do you think it worked? This was the only credentials that uh, we actually tried, thinking that, you know, these people cannot be that lax in security. Uh, Unfortunately, we were wrong. By using admin as the username, admin as the password, Alex and his team were in this web server just as if they were Equifax employees. So once you got in, Alex, what exactly did you see? It looked like a record of uh, about uh, 14,000 different voicemails and cases open where people were filing their disputes or calling for some help. And there were automated responses uh, that employees could issue to these individuals. Equifax got wind of this, and they quickly took down that website after Alex published his findings. But think about what a hacker could have done if they had found the website first. Admin as the username? Admin as the password? Really? The hackers would have been able to send emails and make phone calls to consumers that were from Equifax. It would have been the most perfect phishing scam in history. This reveals the security culture at Equifax was horrible, not just here in the United States, but truly around the world. There's been a lot said in the news about Equifax's chief security officer. That's the person at the tippy top of the organization chart who is in charge of everything. Not for nothing, you think that this person would have a degree in, I don't know, cybersecurity, engineering. Well, she has a degree in music composition. Alex, what worries you the most about this hack? What scares me the most is not a single group of hackers having access to so much data. What if this data going to get released to many criminals? Not a single type of exploitation, but from a myriad of malicious exploitations. Remember the story of Jasmine Lovell? Her life was thrown into chaos when a single criminal got a hold of one single piece of her ID. Now imagine what's in store for us with this Equifax hack. What defense is there against 143 million fake IDs, fake bank accounts, or fake credit cards? The answer is not a lot. Anything from identity theft, anything from tax fraud, this what scares me the most about this breach. And what I find as a security professional very troubling is that there is no easy recourse for us as a society to fix this data leakage. Okay, it's not completely hopeless. There are ways to protect yourself. The first thing is to find out if you have been a victim of this hack. There's a link over at commando.com that will help you do that. 
Now, if your information has been leaked, it's not going to be fun. You need to apply for a credit freeze. This will stop anyone from using your ID to apply for new credit. We have all the steps you need over at commando.com. Do you have anything else you'd like to add before we leave, Jessamine? But I just continually check my bank account, like every day, like a total paranoid freak. I'm just looking at my bank account. And I have seen people have these sort of weird 99 cent charges. And that is someone testing if they can reach your account. I've actually had that happen to me. So, Ben Masalis, is there anything that can be done to prevent this from happening again? I think you really need a, a regulatory scheme that addresses this proactively, you know, whether it's executives signing their name under penalty of perjury, that they're adopting all the appropriate patches in a timely manner, or even potentially having the government jump in, you know, even in a receivership capacity and taking over these companies. One thing's for sure, the Equifax breach should change how Americans think about their private information. It's no guarantee, but it really needs to happen. If this thing keeps happening, the very concept of private information is quickly going to become a thing of the past. I've been talking about the Equifax breach on my national radio show and writing about it since it first happened. And I have some great ways for you to protect yourself and fortify your credit file. First, you need to register your Social Security number with the Social Security Administration. The agency is helping alert you when someone inquires about your Social Security number. Make sure you're on the right secure website, the one with the .gov at the end. Next, consider freezing your credit file with all three credit agencies. This prevents someone from using your file to open new accounts and apply for loans. Now, this isn't a foolproof fix, but it's certainly going to help. One of the things you should do is request a copy of your credit report. A lot of people don't know that they're entitled to a free copy from all three agencies once a year. Finally, be careful not to give out any personal information on the phone, especially if you didn't make the phone call. Hundreds of phone scams went directly into motion right after the breach. And also be careful of any phishing scams and Facebook scams. And you also have to be careful on Twitter. Equifax was accidentally directing people to a phishing site instead of their own Equifax site when people were on Twitter asking for help. How did that happen? Well, somebody made a typo in a hyperlink. But a good guy engineer out there, he saw that this was the wrong domain. He saw that it was up for grabs. He purchased it, and he reminded all of us that Equifax is really, really bad at security. Stay close to commando.com for all the latest developments on the Equifax breach. And do me a huge favor, head over to iTunes or Google Play. And give this podcast a great rating, because this way more people will be alerted about our podcast. Give it a listen, and they're going to learn a few things along the way, too. Chem Commando is brought to you in part by Simply Safe. Thanks to Simply Safe, protecting your family is simple. Get 10% off at simplysafechem.com. That's simplysafechem.com. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.